usually we rip off um, Blank Check, who starts with a quote from the movie, but replaces a word with podcast. I was going to say, like, I came here to chew bubblegum and podcast, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Mm. But they've done an episode on this, and that's literally what they started with. So normally, I just rip off the concept, but I can't just straight up rip off what they did. It, now, now that's where that's is where like the line came from, right? It wasn't yes. like from another movie beforehand. Nope. Say that was the only thing from the movie that I was like, oh, okay. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This. I, I was like, oh, that's where this comes from. <laughs> this, and it's not aligned with the very long fight scene in the alley is also parodied a lot. <laughs> Normally when there's like a big long fight scene in like cartoons or whatever, it's parodying this. I have thoughts on that because it was annoying me, but then I came around to it. So we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, it's like the rake gag. You're like, this is going on a long time. And then you're just like, fine, whatever. <laughs> um, I, no, I, I actually have, I have some complex thoughts on it. I don't want to jump into them. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. Yeah. I, I appreciate <laughs> the caution. So as you guys know, I don't know how to start the podcast. So it'll either be obliquely referencing things that we'll talk about more later or something along the lines of welcome late to the movies. My name is Ben Holton. This is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Each week, we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now. This week, continuing Watch the Skies Month, our four-episode look at alien invasions, incursions, and otherwise visitations. It's They Live, 1988's John Carpenter cult classic uh, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David. Uh, yeah, that one. My guest, your guest, everyone's guest. This this week, left to right across your podcast now, we got Will. Hey, how's it going? It's good. Robbie. Hey. Hey, and that's who's here. Uh, what's up, guys? Huh? Too much. Okay. Doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into the movie, as always, I'll ask, have you guys seen anything good recently or worth mentioning or anything like that? I, I mean, I guess we collectively went to go see the D&D movie. We did. What'd you guys think? It was very good. I really enjoyed that. I talked about it a little bit on the predator episode but i actually went with you guys so yeah, it makes yeah, sense it, to talk about it, now. It, it just felt like a normal session it was a good time yeah exactly that's what i was saying was that it, it doesn't like alienate people who haven't seen it because like they mentioned you know places neverwinter lord never ember that are from D D, but you don't actually need that knowledge what it really captures is the feeling of uh, a session that is just getting kind of out of control, but in the in the fun way that D and D always feels like. It's really funny because, like, yeah, that uh, just came up, and then there's a D and D series that they're going to be doing. Oh, cool! And I'm excited about that because I think then they can actually get into like what they wanted to do with a bard. Yeah, I feel like they can actually like develop the powers. And then uh, I just saw an article today that uh, medical journals are recommending that adults engage in more structured play and like fantasy and stuff like that and i'm like not a problem for our group that's a perfect time for a DD movie to come out hopefully yeah. more people are like you know maybe this would be fun maybe i should go try this out because uh we need more play yeah it's it's a whole lot of just expression and everything else it just makes you feel good yeah and you, you, people need to laugh you know you can learn to not take yourself seriously yeah yeah i've, I've never taken myself seriously <laughs> well not you oh oops yeah. <laughs> I, I think the movie does a good job sort of advocating for a rule of cool style of D play too it's very much not concerned with rules and I mean, the bard doesn't even do magic, so you just do whatever you want, basically, and it's fine. It, it was fun because, like, they I saw a breakdown article on it, and they were talking about, like, you know, they even wove it into the backstories. Like, mm -hmm. the barbarian's backstory was, like, three sentences. It was quick. The bard's yeah. backstory was this big... And it's those little details that we could go on for about hours, but, like, they really did a great job with it. It's good stuff. It's pretty funny, too, and it's just, you know, 
the people in it are really charismatic and who knew just like a, a fantasy comedy adventure movie with charismatic stars <laughs> works out well who knew <laughs> Um, I haven't been watching anything lately. I uh, recently got an audio book or ebook download of all 54 Animorphs books, and I just started tackling that. I'm 12 books into it. I started Friday. Um, but the really funny thing about it is I'm pretty sure it was inspired by this movie. Um, okay. It's a race of alien species. They yeah, come, okay. they infest your brain. You can't tell who they are. There's a select group of blah, blah, blah. And I, it's not like a direct, but it was just really funny to see and be like, oh, oh yeah, this is this is topical. I can talk yeah. about that. That makes that makes sense. And then I was going to say for the D&D movie, they're basically doing wild shape. Yeah. And anamorphs. So yeah, <laughs> they're, they're all druids. In the uh, spirit of the movie we're talking about this week, They Live, which is like 91 minutes until it hits credits. Let's also aim for that at max and let, let's transition uh, into the movie. Um, this movie I've seen a number of times and I love it a lot. And it's a John Carpenter movie. This will be the third Carpenter we've done. Probably the third most famous Carpenter movie at this point in time. Uh, around my maybe sixth or seventh favorite Carpenter movie person. Could not resist getting a pair of tits into the movie. Almost you made it the him. whole, but I'm like, ah, there's Carpenter. Titties. You gotta send him home happy. <laughs> I, I could not stop laughing at that point. It's a great ending. It is a great ending. And no notes. I mean, I just, it was very funny because I was like, oh, this is like a Carpenter slasher and I haven't seen like gratuitous nudity for no reason. Yeah, yeah. And then bam. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I feel at home now. Uh, you guys hadn't seen this movie before? Nope. Right? Okay, cool. N uh, not even like a random glimpse in like a sci-fi. I'll go right. as far as to say I didn't even know how to properly pronounce the title. <laughs> I thought it was they, they live. live. And I was like, because the explanation point. So I was like, oh, it's like about, you know, TV shows or something like they live. <laughs> <laughs> they live. Um, <laughs> it's Although not I, quite that. I will say the, the they live anyway is also kind of misleading because my second guess would have been zombie movie. Ah, uh, interesting. And I guess I kind of see that maybe he was trying to pull that parallel because people are kind of like zombies. There is a George Romero reference right at the end of the movie, too. Oh, is there? The, yeah. You know, um, the, it's when the conservative talking points guy is complaining about violence in movies and he says people like George Romero and John Carpenter need to restrain themselves. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a great, great way. It's so funny, that ending. Uh, but before we get to the ending, he wants to give us a one-minute plot summary. Um, okay, I'll try it. I haven't done one of these in a while. Okay. Um, all right, so the movie opens up. We got a homeless guy. He's moving from the shithole of Denver. I thought that was hilarious because Denver... Anyways, um, so he's moving to Denver, trying to find new work. There's a little bit of shady stuff going on in the um, homeless campment that they're in. He notices, like, some preacher and he's mimicking a broadcast that's taking over the waves kind of a little confusing don't really know what's going on he something's going on with these guys he investigates them doesn't find much there's like a, a hidden room fbi raid police raid they they take out the church he barely makes it out comes back the next day is peeking around finds a box with glasses in it puts them on realizes that the world we live in has subliminal messaging everywhere everything is a consumer message everything is obey respect authority so he goes about he's trying to escape kidnaps a executive at a reporter place 
gets pushed out. He's on the run, meets back up with one of his buddies from the construction crew. They fight it out. He finally puts on the glasses. They go, they join up with the larger organization now that provided the glasses. They start their their fight. They're getting enraged again. They're running to the TV station. They're trying to find where they're broadcasting from. Uh, find out that the executive actually knew what was going on the whole time. Last minute moments of the movie, fires a gun off, takes out the broadcast. Everybody starts to see that what the world really looks like without that, you know, going on anymore. Movie ends, assumes everybody dies, blah, 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 blah. And titties. Yeah, it's it's too bad that this doesn't have any like deeper meaning or message about the world we live in today or any satirical element. Yeah, it was just a very good alien movie, you know. Um. Uh, this movie is very, very angry, um, but... I I do love it. <laughs> it it was it was very um it was very interesting. I I couldn't tell if like so the TV is the source of things, and there is that blurb about people complaining what's on TV. So it makes me think his whole message isn't like TV bad because he's kind of like dunking on that opinion oh, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But it's just interesting of like is mindless TV bad? Like what would he, how would he have incorporated if the internet existed when he built this? Because like TV was bad enough. The internet is like, we lost. Nobody realized. And like, holy shit, all of the content is ads, whether you realize it or Mm -hmm. not. And then there's just so much of just the like corporate America of like buy, consume, like repeat, like all of that. And you're just in like that zombie state going forward. Submit, surrender. It's funny to me that the logic of this universe actually makes more sense than the one we currently live in (laughs) because like they were destroying the planet to make it more like their home world. And there was like rich assholes just going along for money. But like, there's not even that piece. There's just rich assholes destroying their own home world that they themselves can't live in for money. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the only explanation is that they're aliens and the climate needs to be hotter. Like, isn't that more comforting? <laughs> That's a more comforting thought than the, what's currently going on. I would prefer yeah, that yeah, significantly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. This uh, John Carpenter, no fan of Ronald Reagan. No, is he <laughs> almost prophetic? Because I don't think that was a popular view of Reagan at the time. Uh, it was lambasted when it came out. God, it did actually pretty good to. Debuted at number one, even though it's considered a cult movie, did debut at number one, but um, was minorly successful. But obviously the reputation today is a much better than it was then when people are like, what are you talking about? Everything's fun. There's no hidden messages. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty on point. It is based on a short story from the 60s called Eight O'Clock in the Morning, which I don't know a ton about. I think it's just the basis and then obviously it goes off and... I mean, it's very about the late eighties. Okay. So this this movie, I mean, is very much of a time and place, and one of Carpenter's great LA movies. Um, mm. But yeah, it's uh, it's crazy how much it's not, how much hasn't changed. I guess <laughs> even you said like the internet would have really changed how all this works, but you know, it's not hard to find footage of some time probably in the last week or two of the LA police destroying a homeless encampment. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I, I'm I'm wondering like if at the time was that seen as shocking. Like, oh, they would just bulldoze that happy community. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah no, I'm surprised it took them this oh, long. Oh yeah. I was like, oh man, like they just brought that in. There was no, no like, hey, let's get these people out. I was just like, we're just gonna run through everything. Yep, that's what they do. <laughs> I was like I was like, oh damn. Like I didn't think like 
because everything you don't really know what's going on for a little bit and i was like this is real weird yeah because if you go in the right way and you arrest everyone now you have to pay to detain them if you just like destroy all their shit and tell them to go somewhere else somebody else's problem oh, oh yeah it was just weird because it's like oh we're investigating like that church and then out of nowhere a bulldozer comes out and i was like why are these correlated <laughs> yeah well that's uh they're you know, destroying people that would be susceptible to the counter messaging, I guess. Oh yeah. <laughs> because who, who in society would be most willing to believe that like everything's fucked and we need to tear it down. Yeah. It's yeah. so the most marginalized people. It's going to, yeah. It's the people that don't have anything already. Yeah. It's, um, it's a cool movie. We, but yeah, let's do the plot a little bit, I guess. Rowdy Roddy Piper's drifting into town. In the credits, he's called Nada or John Nada, but I don't think his name is ever said in the movie. Um, so it's funny that, you know, he's Nada. He's nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pretty on-brand message. I think that's what he's going for, is like, you don't need a named action hero to stop this stuff. You need somebody that cares enough to... yeah. Start randomly murdering people. Are, Maybe not the someone, that's, <laughs> someone that's angry enough or just like committed to their cynicism <laughs> enough to be like, of course, this is it. I'm immediately going to start murdering people. C committed enough that he just beats the crap out of his one and only friend in the entire movie. <laughs> oh, man. So he drifts into town, ends up at the construction site, meets up with Keith David. He was like, is like, hey, there's a place over here people hang out. Then they end up at the encampment. That's where Gilbert, I think, is the main guy that's helping feed people at the encampment, but is also, you know, leading the resistance, yes. so to speak. You find out later. Um, it takes a while for the actual plot to become apparent. So what are you guys thinking in the first, like, 20, 25 minutes of the movie? I, I feel like the, you know something weird's going on, like, with all, like, the random, like, yeah. broadcasting coming in, and I'm like what like what's going on for a while and then like there's that weird bit with the preacher who is like just like reciting random yeah. stuff and then like the cops show up be like oh this is just normal they're just escorting him out kind of thing yeah. it's before you i think piper even has any lines the preacher is saying exactly what's happening <laughs> yes and so i read the the synopsis before i like the the you know the blurb or whatever yeah, yeah. the not the plot summary so i knew that yeah, like yeah. people were being replaced um or i thought replaced i assumed they were like swapping out bodies or like uh, an a animal or situation if you will yeah. animorphs or something like that so i was expecting um that guy to be part of the bad guys i didn't peg him yeah. as part of the like oh these are the the good people i was a little confused with the preacher doing his thing so like i didn't know if he was like on to him but it, it was good it was, they did a good job of like yeah even with having an idea, I still didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. So he see he being Rowdy Roddy Piper, sees some weird stuff happening at the mission across the street, the church, um, and is really suspicious of it. I love that early on Keith David's like, just do not invest. Just be cool. Walk that white line. Just be straight do not worry about anything that doesn't concern you <laughs> well, and so if we're gonna like really dig into carpenter's social commentary that makes sense coming from an african-american in the 80s right mm. the they were pretty much telling their children like you keep your head down you don't look at the police you don't look at anything you don't say anything and nobody will fuck with you hopefully yeah. because if you start getting involved you're bringing attention onto yourself and you're going to be screwed it's like yeah. show up do your job like go home go like home. do nothing else like mind your own business exactly yeah and i like that they're weaving in this kind of like migrant worker thing which isn't something you think of is happening in 1988 oh yeah but absolutely but yeah that's basically what they did like i have my i haven't seen my family in six months they're in detroit but this is where the 
the work is and I'm just, you know, getting paid under the table state to state. It's super funny, too, because I had this I saw like a population density graph of California and it was right around the 70s that it really like it was abandoned, basically. So right when the 70s, they started to expand. And then these workers came from everywhere to help do that. It was like the second gold rush. And now we have like tech bros today running everything. And I would be shocked to find out if not like 50% of them came from that kind of migration. And now all of a sudden they're these like, do you know, like, yeah, it's like, oh, we're all going to Silicon Valley. Like yeah. this is where the it's another gold rush. It, it's another gold rush. And then like, these are the new waves of like Rockefellers that came from like the John Carpenter characters that I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know what the point is. It's weird. Somebody else smarter than me figure it out. That's what happens with capitalism, I guess. Yeah, there, <laughs> There's just something there. I, I specific like to I've, California. <laughs> I've scratched the surface and I don't know what it is, but there's a point in it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, that makes sense to me. And uh, yeah, so eventually Nada decides to actually investigate the mission, goes in, sees like the choir practice. It's just speakers that are playing to mask the meeting that's happening among the resistance people. He sees that they live. Yeah. Do they? They live, we sleep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, for that's, the life that, in, of, that, that's the only time it says it in there. They live, we sleep is inside the mission. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know why I couldn't put that. Got it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Then he, he stumbles upon like all the glasses and it's like, what are they yeah, doing with all yeah. the chemicals and stuff? And I'm like, are they yeah, just there's some kind of lab over, over there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Super glad they took zero time to be like, and these are how the glass don't no. care. He just Literally sees them and he's just like, I don't know what the fuck these are. These are these are and like, but throughout the whole movie, they they don't even when they get the new contacts, they're not like this is some. Bl-. They're like these work better now. Good. Yeah. I don't need like we found this rare chemical and when we yeah well, yeah you're yeah. in and out under ninety five minutes. We can't. We don't have time. Beautiful. <laughs> it's a yeah. diamond, the, the, diamond they're, they're like you really don't care anyway. Like here you go. They they work. Didn't even consider it until we just started talking about it now, and I was like, oh yeah, I, I don't know how the glasses got their powers. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. And who cares? They, they keep everything black and white too. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Um, I love that it's yeah that that whole thing where he's just like kind of I I think I always like in any kind of narrative where the ostensible hero is sort of just stumbling upon what other people have been working on and sort of just joins up by happenstance. So, but it's definitely like Gilbert and the scientists and the preacher and and the hacker that they keep calling him. It's the hacker in the eighties, I guess. Um, like, oh, they've been working on this for a long time. They they know what's going on. They have this other stuff. Nada just comes in and happens to not get murdered when everyone else is murdered. <laughs> so I, I think the trope I, I saw a post about this, but it would be a refusal of the call. Sure. So he he got the call. He was like, no, and then he got the second trope, which is the call wants to talk to you about its extended warranty. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and it comes anyway. The uh yeah, the great thing that it's not like Nada has a lot of love for America, but he does early on when Keith David's like, you know, you're I'm gonna do my best to blow you out of the water. Yeah, like like I mean, you you do your best, but just I'm gonna do my best too to fuck you over. And, and he what, he said something about <laughs> I like, believe in America. Okay, I believe in America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nada says he believes in America, which doesn't last very long. Um, about 20 minutes into the movie, he no longer believes in America. But yeah, they come, that that night is when the raid happens and the police come and just start murdering people. And uh, yeah, you just like, and you're saying, I wonder if this is a shocking audience is, but you know, they're 
here's the uh, the LAPD just straight up beating a blind preacher. Just, you know, Probably good, not. interesting image. <laughs> I mean, Rodney King was very close to this time, right? If yeah. not right after. But that, that was another, like, interesting scene where they're just, like, beating the crap out of them. But, like, they did nothing for him watching. And then he continues down the alleyway and the cops start chasing him for some reason they just start chasing anybody yeah, yeah. but like they did nothing right. in that moment so speaking of like this stuff always happens Randy King's not until 1992 okay. so this is four years before that. so this is in the time frame where people are talking about police brutality but we don't have wide access to cameras and cell phones and well cameras but it's a lot harder to take a picture of it so I think there was probably a lot of rumors going around but I don't think audiences would be like no it couldn't yeah. be that bad and uh before we get totally past the homeless encampment i guess it's you know pertinent to mention chunk of the movie so it's yeah yeah the uh george buck flower a a perfectly named character actor that's in a bunch of carpenter movies Mm. um he's the guy that's just like around the tv that seems kind of cynical that shows up again at the end of the movie um you're in a much nicer suit then (laughs) but which is also wild because like i feel like there's no real passage of time like I feel like it's like five days total. Most I was trying to I was trying yeah. to clock it. It's at least four. I think it's five days. Oh, is it a, okay? See, I thought it was a lot longer because after they have like that fight, oh, like no. they're both real messed up. No, I I, I know that's I, I noticed that too, and I was like, they just they didn't have what we have these yeah. days with special yeah. effects to like make the like. Yeah, I mean it's a relatively low budget movie too, but. Before all that. So, yeah, just to put a fine point on that guy is just like some homeless random guy that has a few lines at the beginning and then ends up being like the ultimate sellout. Yes. Um, and like, what are they getting out of him selling out? Oh, pro- maybe they <laughs> would just like, just like, yeah, this guy found out about us somehow. So, fuck it. Let's make him rich. So he just goes along. Maybe- what are they giving us? that is more valuable than what they're taking yeah. because they're giving you earthly wealth and they're taking earth's actual resources. Well, well I, I guess it, it was, matter. <laughs> I guess it was looking at more of like the, Oh, I was homeless and living in like that. And then it was like, now he has can eat whatever he wants and all. So it's crazy. No, not from his perspective, from the aliens perspective. Like oh. it doesn't like it's, it's nothing to them. It's nothing to them. It doesn't matter if it goes to an elite yeah. wealthy guy or a homeless man. Like here's your, here's your God. Oh, enjoy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if maybe he found out where the meetings were being held or if that was just the, the reporter that worked at the, the I, think, I think it was always the reporter. Yeah, yeah, she she was in it the whole time. She was she was in it the whole time. I I think she she called them to let them know what was happening, and then they told her like, "Oh, go infiltrate." Yeah, 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 yeah. Because but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, though. I'm, I'm, oh yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're a bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. She she just definitely knew because in the meeting they were talking about the the roof of the studio, and she specifically says it's not being transmitted yes. from up there. So she says that she she's in the whole time. I mean, and it, there's red flags that we'll talk about in a bit. But first okay. off. So the morning after everything blows up, and by the way, when the, when everything is going down, I love that he just like takes a guy, and he's like, "All right, you're coming with me, guy." And then he's like, "Okay, go with them." And then you look again, and like the other, like the father guy has his arm around both of them, and he's like yeah. huddling in there. Like, I think oh. it's just like we're all on the same team here. We're all yeah. Like, it, it was like, oh, I just watched like them beat this blind dude, so I'm gonna save this kid that helped yeah, me with yeah. uh, with binoculars. Yeah, you know? binoculars it's yeah. so funny too because it's the '80s, and I'm like, why is this like 25 year old huddling up? And I'm like, oh, he's like 16. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, the mission's all smoldering and stuff, but he runs in and grabs a box, um, 
walks a few blocks away, goes down the alley, which we'll see a lot later, and opens the box to see it's just sunglasses, and he's like, this is fucking weird. And he's like, but, oh, I might as well keep a pair. Yeah, yep. puts sunglasses in the trash. He's like, whatever, I'll keep a pair. And then it's the sequence where he puts the sunglasses on for the first time. I don't even think he consciously kept a pair. It looked more like the one he looked at like fell on the ground. Yep. And he just like, ah, well, I'm not going to rebury everything and just yeah, pocketed yeah. it. Um, Great sequence. Uh, Really interestingly played. I think if you know that this kind of thing is coming in the movie, like the first time I watched it, I did, but it's not bombastic or anything. There's no score. It's just very matter-of-fact. This is what's going on. Now he sees it. <laughs> they did a very good job with that. I wasn't expecting that. I, I didn't know what the glasses were going to do. Like, no, that's oh no, cool. no, not at all. I had no idea. And then that's it, great. And like he put it on, he's and it like you know he's like bugging out too. He's like, what is what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's like also making him sick at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, he did a great job acting. His facial expressions were just like yeah, yeah. very much on point. And it's funny. I mean, like I said, relatively lowish budget movie from the late '80s, and apparently it was really. Really hard to do the transitioning, you know, black and white to color, and oh, they had to recreate the set for every yeah. every like flip. They were doing right? some stuff, and oh, there yeah. was a lot of matte paintings when like, they were like looking at billboards and stuff. Oh, and they just roll down basically. Yeah, yeah. And then they they would have had to constantly swap with like the makeup too, right? Well, I, I guess they would they'd film the two scenes, and then it'd be like when he yeah. was talking to the the first right, guy. Yeah. Sometimes they're wearing like the mask. Yeah. It's, that it, looks like it's, like a, it's a morph suit basically with a, with a wig on. And then sometimes it's just the person probably with the same wig on. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, but it's so, I mean, this whole thing's great and it's just like, it's a great building thing. It's funny. It's just the first thing he sees is the obey sign. And Shepard fairy was like, I'm going to take that. And then a picture of Andre the giant and make millions of dollars and not pay anyone's estate. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Shepard Fairy, the Obey Giant guy. I didn't realize that's what... So I thought this is where the Obey thing was from, to be honest. It is, but he just never paid John Carpenter for it. Oh, oh, you meant... I thought you were saying John Carpenter stole it. No, okay. No, but who cares? Well, he's got the displeasure of this guy. But it's great. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) You know, consume, marry, and reproduce, all the stuff that he's seeing. Um, You know, watch more TV. (laughs) Don't question authority. Yep. Submit, surrender. And then I love when he sees the dollar bill and it says, this is your God. <laughs> so good. good so good. And I mean, like, it's not even that far from what the actual dollar bill says. So I mean, <laughs> in God we trust. Yeah. It's like barely a parody. <laughs> barely. Yeah. The first time he sees the guy, that's just, you know, muscles, basically. I loved that he had a mental breakdown and was just like, ah, formaldehyde face and like just call in the people. Like, yep. that's how that would go. That you don't just in the middle of public realize your reality just shattered to pieces and, and handle it normally. Yeah, the the, um, the whole like magazine rack thing where he's like, what's going on? He keeps on going back and forth and the guy's like real weirded out because he doesn't expect anyone to know what he looks like. The only thing that surprised me is I feel like for me at least very quickly towards that like I would immediately just be like put these on to somebody else and tell me what you see because I'd have to know like is this in my fucking head or is, or is it these glasses? Yeah. Especially before I started shooting people. That, yeah, that, that escalated really fast. <laughs> it did escalate quickly. I, I love that he immediately is just, you know, he he's stumbling around. He goes into the, the market and he sees on the TV that the news anchor is also one of the vase. And he laughs and says, of course, it would be something like this. <laughs> and then he immediately blows up his spot. Like he could have obviously 
we've seen the resistance is underground and they know this is going on, but they're not walking around calling people out in public. Uh, but it's just, this is this is how Nada operates. It's fine. He was he was so dissociated at that point. I don't think he could make a coherent like. Oh, yeah, oh I'm no. supposed to be like like I don't even think he was fully aware he was awake at that point. Yeah, you look like your head fell in the the formaldehyde Yeah, formaldehyde. You look at like your head fell in the cheese dip back in 1957 or whatever. Yeah. The the mold. Yeah. Yeah. That oh was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when he realizes that they all communicate with each other. Yes. It's like, oh, this yeah. person. I've got one that can see, and all of them are like talking to their watches, walking towards them. Just a great classic horror-looking thing. <laughs> it, it is. It's a little. Well, no, it's not. I was going to say like nobody else noticed they were doing that, but like no. They wouldn't like they just no. wouldn't notice them doing anything. Yeah, it's it's like how often you pay attention to like random people in a market. So yep. just all of them doing the same thing. But I think it was more of like their illusion just covers that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's no, a lot of that too. Because to you'd think like even if they couldn't see what they were, they'd be like, "Why is like half of this supermarket staring yeah. at this guy?" You like, do like Keith David, just keep my head down, whatever. I'll they, pay for my milk and go home. They've gotten enough <laughs> of the obey or like ignore. Right, yeah. You're asleep. They're asleep, 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 sleep, sleep. Um, it's a great. So yeah, it's a great note that he's just immediately like, "Fuck this." Of course, there'd be something like this. I I'm like finding that. guns. I like that too because it's like. Even when you think of like AI or aliens, like them taking over would probably look a lot more like this than it would like any other invasion that we've like. Yeah, not like Independence Day. Yeah, it, it just wouldn't really make much sense. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. already pretty controllable and you just would seize those means of control. Humans are scientifically 93% predictable. That's pretty easy to control. You just got to deal with the 7% that'll go on rampages. Right, yeah. And they try to deal with them. Um, so he's, yeah, the cops are called and they like corner him in an alley. And of course the cops are aliens too. Um, and they immediately, they were like, why don't we go someplace quiet? We can talk and like, let's work this out. And they probably would like be like, let's give you a lot of money and get you on the winning team. Yeah. <laughs> and then if not, then we're just going to kill you. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But he, uh, steals their guns, takes a shotgun out of their, out of the cruiser. Full bandolier. Yeah. Glad bandolier. they still had those. And then like going, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and then stumbles into like one of the more armed places into a bank. I was yep. like, what's going on? And it's, uh, going into the movie, I had the image of Roddy Piper doing the, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass line. And he did the sunglasses, the full bandolier, the shotgun. You're like, oh, well, it's like a action movie badass. And you don't realize in the movie, it just, he just all of a sudden looks like that. Yeah. And then he it's not like a, I mean, it is action movie badass, but it's not like he's in a battle. Like he's just mowing down civilians. Yeah. This movie would <laughs> not do well today. Like it would, and it, and it wouldn't, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It would be a little bit, um, it would be pretty radical for, for the moment. Cause we've gotten more conservative even since Reagan. Um, oh, I, I meant more with like the, the random shootings yeah, right. because it's hard to paint somebody like that. It, like even watching this, I was pretty uncomfortable just because I'm like, did this guy inspire like a mass shooter? Like, because it, you know what I mean? It's just, mm -hmm. it's not nuanced enough for right now. I think when they came out with it, it would be so unimaginable to see something like a mass shooting or a school shooting that it, it, I don't know. Did do you know? Like, did it make you feel a little yeah. uncomfortable? I see what you're getting at. I, I think I like. I knew what was going on for it. Okay, so I kind of like looked past that. Gotcha. And he starts shooting the aliens. Uh, he sees one that's like 
talking on his phone. He says, Mama doesn't like no tattletales. Yep. And then the guy disappears. Um, so the line, I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. You guys were aware of that just yes. from culture, right? It's oh, in yeah. Every cartoon has parodied that. No clue where it came from. <laughs> yeah. Zero clue. So it, like that was very like. Uh, Duke, ah. Duke Nukem parodied it. You know, everybody, everybody's done it. Um, apparently, depending on who you ask, either John Carpenter or Roddy Piper, one of them wrote it. I think Carpenter says that it wasn't in the movie, but he saw it in Piper's, like, he has a notebook of just one-liners that he kept just because as a wrestler for his promos, you're just making fun of people. He just had stuff in there. So I think, you know, you look like your face fell in the Jesus mold back in the 50s. That's probably just from his lines because it doesn't. Oh, yeah, that, that's very right. much There's like, no context for that. Just That's very much like professional oh, wrestling is you yeah. just like throwing out lines at people for insults yes. and that, being real creative. That's where I was going. I, I yeah. thought the context was he was saying that like it looks like moldy cheese. Oh, that works too, yeah. Because like it's like the blue and the reds and stuff. Yeah. But, but I think this is. What, Car- what I think what Carpenter says is that he was going through Piper's notebook and saw this line. It was like, oh, this line's cool. Do this one. Okay. And um, Piper says that Carpenter came up with it? Piper says that he did it just like on the spot. But oh. it's kind of the same I was just saying, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I mean like, Carpenter, you can kind of fuck off a little with that. Yeah. No offense, but like that's that seems to be like... Either way, either way, it's from Piper. So right, and it's like you made the whole movie. Just let him have the one. Especially since I don't. Did he go on to do anything else? Because I don't recognize that guy whatsoever. Roddy Piper. Yeah, yeah, he's one of like the most legendary wrestlers of all time. Oh, like back in the day. Okay. Yeah, from the eighties and nineties, and he was a big deal until his death until in twenty fifteen. Okay. Yeah, he wasn't like an active wrestler after really the early nineties. Okay, so this is kind of like when like. Stone Cold stars and things every once in a while. Yeah, same same level. He was the he was that level in the late eighties. He was he wasn't Hulk, quite Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, but he was working with those guys. And he didn't quite go on to become like a Vin Diesel or a Rock type, but still. Yeah, he's um he was he was a he was a big deal for a, for a lot of people. Um, and this is probably his biggest acting role, but he has a lot of credits and different stuff too. Mm. This is the big this is the big one for him. Nice. It's kind of like how um. In Spider Man, where he's uh, where he's bone saw, yeah, like that's another wrestler, yeah, okay, yeah, it's Macho Man Randy Savage, oh, okay. also popular in the eighties. Um, so it's funny because, you know, how old do you think Piper looks here? Thirty-five ish. I think that's about right. I was going to say like hard thirty-five. I was going to say like early forties. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's he's in his 30s, but he's, you know, all, I mean, all these wrestler guys, they just look so fucking haggard. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, that, that's a hard. lot of like the older generation, too. Yeah. Yeah. So he's um got the look that Carpenter wanted is just this guy that looks like he's, you know, a manual laborer that's just going state to state and doesn't have a home. Yep. <laughs> Although it does have remarkably clean clothes. For a time until he's thrown down that hill. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah. So this this is all good. He, he's now just sort of on a rampage. He gets out and then he's like, "Ooh, I probably gotta hide somewhere," and uh, carjacks that lady. Yep. You've seen pretty much the whole time all these aliens. They're all dressed like very rich waspy people, <laughs> and so is this lady. And he should he should have seen more red flags. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I she's think she's not just, as old as the other people he's seen. I guess I, I think it was more. He's like, oh, there's a random person like alone in a parking garage. This yes. is the easiest person to carjack. Yeah, and she's not an alien. He has the sunglasses on, so he knows. Um, but he hasn't, I guess, gotten his mind around collaborators yet. But she's like pretty, a pretty clear. Um, high probability of being a collaborator. Especially <laughs> Which, working at the TV station. Yeah, especially once you find out she works at the TV station. I don't think I would have trusted anyone that worked at the news station. No. Yeah, yeah. In the movie either, though, right? <laughs> uh, I, I also probably wouldn't have trusted her after getting yeeted out the window. Mm, well, this well, is not, it's not a smart man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think after getting yeeted out of the window, you can write that oh, off as just okay. like... She was scared. No, no, no. I, I get that too. But like the yeah. fact that he rushes up to like talk to her afterwards. Yeah, he was a little too. Yeah. He was simping a little too hard. A little he bit. Did, yeah, he was definitely being a little horny at the end there. Like, oh, oh I got to save her. Like, your only interaction with this woman was her beating the hell out of you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And this whole sequence is sort of. Uh, un- I think it's it's all pretty unpleasant that she's just like. But I mean, that's the point that they're trying to get across she's immediately like you're in charge completely submissive and stuff when he was first getting um her to try on the glasses did she say i I can't remember if i heard it right did she say i can put these on but i already see what you see or did she say i'm gonna say yeah that's what that's what her implication was okay you know whatever i see i'll see what you see because she's just like i'm not gonna try and I thought she also might have worded it in a way where if you go back and listen to it, she was saying that, like, I don't need the glasses. Oh, I I looked at it more of like a, I'm just going to believe whatever you're saying because you're the one with the gun and you already carjacked me. But I think it works on that level, too, once you know at the end. Right. Like, when I first saw, that's the same thing that I thought. But I'm, like, trying to look back and I'm like, was she really subtly saying? But I'd have to go. I still have two days. Maybe I'll go watch that scene again. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah so now we're into him being thrown down the mountain and he's just sort of staggering around for that whole night into the next morning um i like they spend a lot of time with him just being on the hill just like kind of crawling around in the dirt yep yeah just passing out in some random like access tunnel yeah hollywood man it's uh it's hilly and there's access tunnels yep <laughs> so next morning is he heads over to the construction site and Keith David's like, you're a wanted murderer. There's a manhunt. Please do not interact with me. Yep. Um, and then probably against his better judgment, Frank, do is Keith David, does track down Nada to be like, here's your money for the week. <laughs> yeah, just kind of yeah. like, hey, like, th- just a good gesture. And then it d- did not work out well for him. No. So uh, then there's the almost six minute long fight scene. One of the longest fights, unbroken fight scenes ever in a movie. Uh, Very, very famous scene. So I was getting annoyed because I was like, this is going on way too long. And after I had time to digest it, I think the message is like, people don't want to wake up. It's not going to just be as easy as saying, put on these glasses and you'll see. You don't want to see. You don't want to know that it's there. And it's going to be frustrating for both people involved until you can finally get a way around of like, everything's fucked. That's my... Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I could definitely see that. But I'll, like, and then at the same time, it, he's like, you just murdered a bunch of people. I don't want anything to do with you. I got to get out of here. I'm like, here's yeah. like a gesture. You clearly of sound day. crazy. Like, just let me go. Yeah. Because like, you're, you're not going to talk like while I stand there and talk to someone who murdered people when they're like, put these glasses on. I mean, <laughs> so 
after you saw I, him like fall out of a dumpster. I, I would have <laughs> just put the glasses on it because I I would have been doing what that woman was doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I would have just been like, yeah, okay, I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. oh, crazy. Here yeah. you go. But like, part of him knew something was going to happen if he put the glasses on, or he wouldn't have fought it so hard. It's just two very stubborn guys, and I love that what they're fighting over, like for Keith David. He's basically just like, no, fuck you and fuck your glasses. I'm not putting them on. Fuck you. <laughs> but uh, like, if you've had conversations with people about capitalism before, it feels like a six minute knock down, drag out fight <laughs> where you're just trying to tell them like, no, rich people hate you. And they're like, no, rich people love me. And it makes no yeah. sense. And you're just like, put on the fucking glasses. Wake up wake up and yeah. I, I think he like if you think about your frustration with how long that fight was going on like good that's kind of what he's yeah yeah i think it's funny too like it's choreographed to like it's you know we met i mentioned the rake gag before but a more one-to-ones probably anytime peter fights the chicken and family guy <laughs> yes it's just like oh you think it's over and one guy's like beaten but then he gets up and starts the fight again now there's a, now he's you know kneeing him in the nuts as hard as possible now there's a he, hits him there's the, a, he knees him in the nuts yeah. like six yeah. times oh my god that was the end of the fight irl yeah. like that's just he's done then when he picks up like the two by four and he like swings it and hits the car he's like oh i'm sorry i did not I mean know. to go this like, kind it of wasn't way that serious I, I don't even think it was that guy's car no no, no but like just <laughs> oh, no, in general the fact that he the, the the level of damage it could have done if he had connected with the guy. And, right, and then he right. picks up the bottle and he smashed it and it just doesn't work for him either. Yeah, it's very <laughs> it's funny. Like, goes, we're not going to kill this. each other. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, Unless. But it's great. And I love the just how they look when he he's like, he finally beats him up enough that he can't fight having the glasses put on his face. And Piper just like picks him up. He's like, oh, fuck. And then it immediately just is them just like clutching each other and just like stagger around like, what the fuck? Uh, another like good point for that because it is like Rowdy Piper. Like he's like, that's like the whole wrestling mentality anyway. Like they're always like, they get hit with steel chairs, all these other crazy things, their moves, jumping off like the turnbuckle. And yeah. like, it's always like, oh, I got this little bit extra energy out of nowhere. And that's how the whole fight kind of like is choreographed. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, you, you got Piper there. You just have to do some long fight sequences because it's not really like a hand-to-hand combat movie aside from this moment. That that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure that's also part of it is like, we're not going to hire a wrestler, not have <laughs> him do wrestling things. Oh, yeah. um, I think the other like really interesting message is that like in this fight, you end up hurting each other more than you end up hurting yes. the people you're actually supposed to be fighting. Because that's oh, yeah. what I could think of the whole time is like, how are you going to have any energy now to fight the actual problem now that you've just beat the shit out of each other? Uh, on top of the fact, he, he's a wanted man for murdering a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. I think it's something that Frank says in a scene very close after this. where They, they go and check into a motel once they're on the same team. And they're just like, they're walking through the streets just like completely, like I think you said dissociating. Before. <laughs> um, so they check into the motel and they're just like, you know, reminiscing a little bit. And I think it's when Keith David says, maybe they love it. Maybe they just like enjoy seeing us kill each other. And so, you know, same idea. Yeah. The same, you know, work as hard as you can, but I'm working as hard as I can to blow you out of the water. Exactly. It's what has been said over and over again in the movie. And it's just it's a crazy concept because like other social species just work to take care of each other. They, they work to outcompete other species at least within their own tribes and i mean the closest we get to that is like family community doesn't mm-hmm. even do that shit anymore yeah when's the last time there was Real. a block party you know like yeah i know right 
Do you even know your neighbors? I know in better, in better one cities. of my neighbors. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I think that's also with just changing from uh, having the community to then commuting to the city. For sure, larger communities, but I think, especially with the movies getting at, is like a lot of that was intentional. Oh yeah, like it didn't just naturally happen. There was people that were like, "Oh shit!" If these people band together, you know, ants together strong, uh, and that's <laughs> that where the life. media comes in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think what we're all saying, like, it's looking at it as even in the text of the movie, they're much more upset with the the people who are just human that are fucking them over for money. You know, the aliens, the, even the Gilbert, the kind of leader of the resistance is like, they're free enterprisers. This is just a, this is their third world is a developing asset. It's capitalism, baby. Yeah. They're, they're looking at it that way, but like these people really hate the human collaborators even more kind of. Um, and now they meet up with Gilbert again. He, he, well, he tracks them down, I guess, invites them to the meeting that night. They go there. There's a lot of exposition here about like what's going on. This is when he tells them they're free enterprisers. And so it sort of tells you a little bit more about what's going on in the context of this group meeting of the resistance. They get the contacts. Yep. Um, and tons of guns. And tons of guns, which is which comes into help immediately. With unlimited ammo. <laughs> That's yes. how they work. It's a sci-fi movie. I, I know. It always gets me every time. <laughs> Even though it's mostly people walking around then modern day LA. It, it was a sci-fi movie. It was interesting because you got the sense that the even the guns themselves, like it, it, the guy that was leading it too, he says something along the lines of like, we're not going to win with a bunch of guns and a handful of grenades. So the guns are just, they, they're like, you know, safety net, whatever. But it's just, it's interesting that, the and that's probably why he had him go on that rampage beforehand to show like, sure you can just go mow yeah. some of these people down but you know the cops and the tv work for them and they're going to be like you're a you know you're a wanted murderer no one help this guy <laughs> and then did like anything change from that at no. all like there no. was it just oh yeah because yeah. because they just say oh they are saying that we're a bunch of communists yep and that's he's just like we have to get these glasses out here the message is more important yes. than taking these people out so yeah. it, it, just, it was interesting because even in the context of an action movie they were kind of trying to say like Action isn't actually that important. Yeah. Well, direct violence. I think he says they need to take out the signal. Yep. Um, but failing that, yeah, because like the, we, we can't get enough glasses out to enough people, so we just need to cut off the signal. Mm. Um, and yeah, they immediately get mowed down. Here comes the, the there's a like a SWAT team at the door. They blow everybody away, pretty much. Besides, you see Holly run away, who's the lady. Um, that we already mentioned meets up again and is like, yeah, the signal's definitely not on the roof of the TV station. No, no reason to check up there. <laughs> the, the weird part for that for me was like, she could have easily gotten killed during that whole raid because like it, the wall explodes on the side of her while they're having that conversation. Mm. And you'd think like there would be like that kind of turning point of, oh, like they don't care that I'm helping them kind of thing. That's fair. I- I think she also could have known that that was the wall they were going to blow up because she was right next to a hallway. So, like, you're close enough, it explodes, and then you just dip out that yeah. way. If, you know, if you rewatch it ever, anything she does, you can, like, see both ways. It's not, you know, that subtle of a movie. But then she comes out and she's, like, looking around and they cut to Roddy Piper and he's like, oh, I got to get Holly. And she's and just gone. Yeah. And you're thinking like, oh, she's looking around looking for him. But no, like she's looking around looking for, oh, okay, they told me I go here after this happens. Yep. 
Yeah, because you don't, you just don't see her after that point. Like she just yep. wherever she went, she she went. Yeah, you just assume she escaped, and then she's just suddenly back at the TV studio, and it's like, yeah, why were you back at the TV studio? So, uh, so Frank. Well, th- that's also what they say in the meeting is like, hey, keep on playing your role, be the puppet. Go well, and that's yeah. I was gonna that ties into Ben's point because that's the like y- part of you realizes that, but the other part of you is like, well, even if somebody just told me that, if I had just survived like almost dying. I would just go back home for that day and yeah. then next day yeah, go to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. I, uh, right. Yeah. Just whatever. This is how it is. I guess <laughs> let's keep it, keep it low until we figure out what to do. Um, Frank using one of the watches figures out how to do a portal. Kind of. It's an unstable one. They only have 10 seconds to jump in it. Oh, it's cause uh, they drop it. So it yeah. And then they're in like a, like a service card or underground that seems to go infinitely in most directions. Yes. Um, and I, I love that they're in just this like really dingy, like utility looking thing without any decoration or anything, you know, any comforts of home. They walk by a guard station where they're like, we got all the terrorists. We wiped them out. Um, and then they happen upon like a ballroom. Yep. Where there is a, a ceremony happening, celebrating the, uh, the, like the top human collaborators. If you ever worked in like fundraising, it's like a gala event to, to thank the biggest donors. It's the MLM (laughs) diamond club. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, and yeah, it's great. The whole thing is like really, a really nice, this is sort of, uh, getting towards the logical endpoint of what we're getting at with, you know, money is your God obey and everything. It's like, Oh yeah, this is what they're getting out of it is, these fancy black tie gala events. Yep. <laughs> yep. Not having to worry about anything at all. Nope. You are the elite of the elite and we have an alliance and it's a power alliance. And yeah, but like it, notice. So he goes and he shows them like where I, they come from. Yeah. None of the humans seem to be go, getting to go visit wherever the hell they come from. Well, they said might you, you can visit if you like, but they've already said it's a different like environment. <laughs> oh, did he say you could visit if you like? Yeah, yeah. He said it can take you anywhere you like, even into a different planet if you want. Okay. I, I must have zoned out or yeah. something. It's, it's like one line and that's it. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because it shows like the teleport and the, the two guards and they're just jetting. I, I do... I do remember him saying that. I thought he meant more like in the like you as in they, not like oh, I could just hop in this. I, yeah, maybe I guess maybe it's they clear. Could. It, it isn't clear. They need to, yeah, where did, we need to read the manual. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it's such a one-off thought. I was just curious because like, you know, it's an alien world. You, you, your mind wants to know what it's like over there. And, and like, they never really show all of the aliens at that point because even like some of the guards, you're like, oh, they're, you're assuming that they're aliens, Humans, but they don't yeah. show them half the time. It's only when like they more focus in. Yeah. Cause like at the gala, like you see all just humans and like some they focus in on. It's like, oh, this one's an alien, that one's an it was alien. It's like the speaker. Or something. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 I love that the speaker at the ceremony is an alien but still has a handlebar mustache. Yeah. Um, so George Buckflower, the kind of driftery guy who was just watching TV back at the encampment, he's in a nice like tuxedo now and has his hair done. And uh, he's the guy who shows up and is like, oh, you finally joined the winning team, boys. Let me show you around. And he's the guy who shows them the the teleporter, which is why this counts for this month. Because I guess if it wasn't explicit, like, yeah, this is and you hear like an airport PA saying like next stop Andromeda or whatever. So, yeah. So these are aliens. 
Gotcha. <laughs> it, it could have just been like monsters that have been here since the earth began is one thing that I think Keith David says at one point, but mm. no, it's alien. So it counts for this month. Um, and he shows them to the uh, TV studio. It's just like a control room overlooking the anchor desk. And again, some red flag should have been been raised for Roddy that, oh yeah, that lady that I talked to a couple times works at this place that is explicitly connected, accessible from this from these corridors. No, what's that door? Don't talk about that door. <laughs> um, they shoot the two guards and then I I forget that this guy just gets away. Yeah. Oh yeah, because the other guards come in and then they turn to him. He's like, see you later. Yeah, see you later, boys. And he gets away. And presumably he's probably fine. If they already gave him the money, he's he's a human. He can just go about his life after this, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. If I, there's if there's a list somewhere. Uh, I think there's gonna be some some digging. If not just full out revolution and whether or not you are a knowing collaborator or not, anyone wealthy is just gonna be taken out. That's true. Yeah. Too much of a risk. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I'd look at it. Yeah, it's probably right. But anyway, we gotta finish the movie before that. <laughs> They go again into a suspiciously connected doorway just from this corridor, not even to like a secret door in a basement. It's just it's out, like out a into the newsroom. Interrogation room, it looks like. Right, yeah. And they just like open a door and uh, they're in this uh, TV station in like the newsroom. Yep. And they have guns and people are like, oh, no, this is bad. But they don't shoot any of the humans. No. And they, they just know that you got to get to the roof. Um, and they do. It's, it's firefights all the way up. They run into Holly. They bring Holly with them. She must think like, wow, this is really easy to trick this guy. I'm not even saying anything at this point. <laughs> Didn't ask me how I got here. Didn't ask why I'm here. Didn't ask anything about this. Oh, it's just like, oh, this is my knight in shining armor. That's why he's he's here. Yep. Didn't didn't ask why I told everyone not to check out the roof. There's nothing on the roof. <laughs> um, and they go up, and before they get to the roof, she kills Frank, of course. Yep. Uh, and then he Roddy Piper is in front of the dish that did so I I missed that. Did they show her killing Frank? Yeah, she pulls out a gun and holds it to his head, and then it cuts to Roddy Piper on the roof. And then you hear a gunshot. Uh, okay. You hear a okay. Gunshot. And um he's like, All right, you clear? And she's like, I'm clear. And then he turns around, she's got the gun pointed at him. The police helicopters pop up. Yep. And she's like, just come inside. We'll talk about it. And probably the same thing. They probably would have offered him a lot of money. And if he didn't accept that, kill him. Yeah. Um, but he just basically says, nah. He shoots her. She dies. At first, I thought when he was pulling out like the hidden pistol, I was like, oh, he has a grenade. He's just going to blow himself up. That's where I yeah. thought it was instead of like the quick get her kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. And I love, uh, you know, these are some of my kinds of favorite endings or when he's just like, Fuck it. I know I'm going to die if I do this, but fuck it. So he shoots her. He blows up the dish. Obviously, the snipers on the helicopters take him out. Yep. And uh, he he dies smiling and flipping off the police. Yeah. <laughs> Honorable death. I would love, love to see it. Well, that's it's, well, the alternatives were no better than death. So fuck it. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much the moment he puts on those sunglasses, he's in a, well, fuck this then mode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I do like that. Uh, then we get a brief montage of uh, TV changing channels. Um, you see the person that's giving the conservative talking points about media being too violent and, and filled with sex um, is an alien. The news anchors are aliens. The people who are humans in the studio are like, oh, that's fucking gross. I do like that once the signal goes, the picture quality gets a lot better. 
Because yeah. it's, it's like that, that haze of their signal is gone. Like right, that's yeah. how I kind of looked at it. It makes oh, sense. Cool. Yeah, all the 5G interference is, is gone. <laughs> that's what it is, right? Because because then it's like they're, they're watching TV and they're at the bar and he he's doesn't understand why everyone's looking at him. Yeah, yeah. The guy at the bar looks up and then eventually you see that the TV is in the uh, the bedroom of a couple who are having intercourse and the man is an alien now. He says, uh, what's the problem, baby? Or what's, you know. <laughs> Was it clear that, was it clear that they were a couple? Because I got more of like a prostitute yeah, that, kind of that vibe. could be true too. Okay, just some general it looked like a shitty two, motel. Two people that's engaging why. In, yeah. yeah, sex. Um, I just feel like the prostitute interpretation is more funny. But yeah, it says hey, what's wrong, baby? Yeah, and then the guy on TV says that uh, filmmakers like George Romero and John Carpenter have to show some restraint. Uh, really funny, and Good. then immediately flashed tits. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a I'll really show, funny ending. I'll show you a straight it's, it's really motherfucker. Funny. It's a great ending. Uh, yeah. What'd you think? Oh, I loved it. Oh, I, I really enjoyed that movie. It was really funny. Yeah. yeah. I didn't mean to hijack and get to the end, but I want to finish soon because I'm hungry. No, that's <laughs> all good. It was good. No, the ending was um, it, it was fantastic. They they did a really good job with the whole thing. So a couple thought questions. One, um, what'd you think of how like it looks in the in the they vision when he's got the sunglasses on? Because I think that. The, the the art direction on the black and white and the billboards and the typeface they're using is really cool. No, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah I, I liked it too, and I'm not normally a big fan of black and white, so that was cool. Yeah, um, yeah. This is one of the few times I've noticed too, like just the 90s quality compared to like... Please, late 80s. But yeah. <laughs> late, late 80s, like it's just, uh, I don't know, like I feel like before old movies in my head would look like, you know, 70s or 60s and now it like just kind of clicked like oh this is what an old movie looks like for me now i don't know it's, it's yeah it's weird it's uh 35 years old this year or so and there was like a time where i would watch it and that would have just been regular tv i guess is what mm-hmm. I, it, and it's just it's so clear that it's such a different error that it, it's shocking it's, it's not a dig on the movie whatsoever it's just yeah yeah things look different <laughs> <laughs> obviously that's not shot on digital it's on film because it's Late eighties, um, that helps too. It gives a little bit more texture to the uh, quality of the picture. Mm. Um, yeah, I think the movie looks fantastic. How would you react? I, I think we've got at this a little bit, but just to put it in its own little section here, how would you guys react to getting some glasses that reveal that this is happening? Uh, I would definitely think that I actually ate something I wasn't supposed to, and I was tripping balls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after I did my process of elimination to figure out whether or not I had legitimately lose my mind. I think I probably would have went the route of uh, pretending to be uh, on board to get access to money, power, mm-hmm. wealth, and then I'd work on dismantling them from the inside the best I could. Yeah. I, I probably would. You'd be a little bit more subtle with your options. I, I think there would be a lot more you could do, and then like I'd figure out how they were monitoring us, and then I'd probably try to loop back with the resistance. The resistance like, people do say, like, if they give you an offer, take it. Make them think they're on, you're on their side. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. Like... So I'm disappearing into the woods. Like I've, I'm, I'm out. I'm gone. I don't want any of this. Oh, that's fair. Especially like seeing like how Would much you control. Like, go get like a little seed money from them. Be like, hey, I know what's going well, on, but well, just give me like this uh, much money, and I won't do anything. I, I think that like you, you don't know that's going to be an offer. You know. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to risk like because like like, like him going into the market and him like yelling at the old lady and everything, and then like everything spiraling out of control. Mm-hmm. Like I, I 
wouldn't even get that far. I'm gone. <laughs> like, I don't like that. I, I don't think they, like, if you did try to go the seed money route, I don't think they'd let you go disappear in the woods. I think the point oh, is, no, like... No, no, like, you, I'm, I'm not like taking dead, anything. So. No, like, I, I'm gone. I, I know. I was, to, to Ben's, like, yeah. I think I, that's right, yeah. They wouldn't want you to do that. Like, no, you need to be a part of this because it's probably a reality show from they wherever they're from. Leash somehow, yeah. yeah. There's definitely more marketing than just taking the resources because I think that's probably the incentive yeah. to keep some people... Yeah. And I think it's interesting it's not like they're trying to dominate the world through force or because they want to expand. They just want the resources. Yeah, there's no need to. They're, they're looking at it as an economic thing. It's not war to them. As far as science can tell us right now, the most valuable resource in the universe is probably wood. Um, from what we can observe, only planet that's got it. I mean, if you need yeah. to build, you need wood. So there's yeah. just... Makes sense. Um, and uh, a question that I'm asking for every movie this month, um, of course, this will only be the second of three because I didn't think of it in time to do the first one, Arrival, but what would you give the alien slash aliens in this movie to either foster harmony between the species or to get them to go away? Communist Manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> And would that be for harmony or for getting them to go away? <laughs> I mean, I guess that would be an attempt at harmony, but uh, yeah. that's that's more of a joke answer. <laughs> I think just have a form of tourism, if you think of it like that way. Like how they're like, oh, you can just visit the other places. If it was more of like a intergalactic like community in that aspect, I'd say. We'd be like, hey, like we're here, we're gonna use some of your stuff, but hey, you can come over to our planet. Like, here's a suit or something. <laughs> All right, so you would have um, instituted some kind of uh, passport or something yeah, 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 for intergalactic yeah. travel. So, I think you'd either need to do you, you need to find out why this hyper advanced race of aliens can't figure out how to fix their own goddamn planet without taking mm. resources from you. Well, the, because there should they be say a that, way. Did they say that the other ones were destroyed, though? No. It could just be expanding for the sake of expansion. expansion. Yeah, yeah I, I think you have to get rid of them. I don't think there is an option for Harmony because yeah, these of guys, their, you their gotta whole, get rid like, of. You, just, you just have to get rid of them. Um, and the only way to do that is to make it more expensive for them to take resources from you than it is yeah. for them to figure something else out. So probably similar to what John did. <laughs> Yeah. Just wake more people up. Yeah, yeah. You try to... Don't give the aliens anything. Give out sunglasses to, yeah. to the world, as many people as you can. Have them paid forward. Mm. <laughs> uh, Maybe yeah. targeted assassinations for anyone that seems to be in power. If you can start taking out their leadership, they're not going to want to keep coming. Okay, yeah. So full gorilla? Oh, yeah. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. <laughs> uh, second movie in a row talking about gorilla fighters then. We did Predator last week, so... Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, anyway... All right, cool. Well, any any final thoughts before we get to ratings? Any other like plot stuff or themes you want to touch on? I think we've been threading all sort of evenly throughout. Yeah, I think yeah. pretty good. All right, every week we'll take the ratings that we give this movie now on a scale of 0.5 to 5 on any scale of your choosing besides stars, and I will put it on our letterboxed. And uh, I guess I'll like make a six-month backlog of that before I actually do it. But one day, it'll be on late to the movies letterboxed. Who wants to start? Are we going out of five still? Yeah, out of five on any scale you're choosing besides stars. And you can go up by halves. Um, For what it is for now, I'd say probably like a 3.5 sunglasses out of five. So three three pairs and a monocle. Yep. 
Nice. I give it uh, four and a, four bottles and a half broken over the head. <laughs> I like that. Um, I was going to do like a four minute long fight scene, but that's uh, you kind of took yours is better and about the same thing. So four four bubble gums out of five asses to kick. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I'm I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take that four packs of gum out of five to be kicked asses. There you go. The math checks out. Good movie. A lot of bubble gum. Yeah, no, good time. Good times at the movies. About a 3.7-ish on average for us. And yeah. uh yeah. Very shocked I was the highest one here. It really struck my Oh no, it's just a straight system. four. You have point four four point five. Yeah, so for me, I think it's a four. I think I actually might have given a four point five this last time I watched it. Um but I like other Carpenters a lot more. Oh, that's fair. Even though I like this movie, I think this movie is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's definitely above like the average movie. Like I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah I, you're I, just a tough grader. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean it depends on what it is, but you know, yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely give it a five for like the the message and the content and all that stuff. Yeah, it's just there's there's a little bit of like you, you kind of got to shave off. I mean that fight scene, as much as I defended it, was a little <laughs> excessive and stuff like yeah, that. That's the point of it though, I, it is. wears you down. Okay, um, thanks guys for being on. Uh, it was Will and Robbie. Always a pleasure. Always. Always and likewise. Uh, you can find us on Podbeans and nowhere else aside from Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Bing Podcasts. Google has podcasts. Bing does too, right? I've been throwing flash drives into the woods. Yeah, you can find them in the woods. Um, you can email no at late to the movies underscore. Po- no, wait, it's just late to the movies podcast at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram if it's just a messaging route, but also look at the content on late to the movies underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh, that just about does it for us. Wake up. Uh, we have now, we came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and now we have. Now I we haven't have. chewed no bubblegum. Sleep. Don't sleep. Wake up. Obey. Obey. <laughs> yeah, reproduce. That one's fun, at least. I will produce this podcast shortly after <laughs> this. All right, let's go eat. Thanks, guys. <laughs>